Hello, everyone, and welcome to Devil Fruit Punch, the podcast where normally we read One Piece and then we talk about it. I am, of course, your host, John, and joining me today from the sandy dunes of Alabama... Wait, what's that? Oh, uh, joining me today is Matt. Uh, Yeah, Patrick can't come to the phone right now, but uh, don't worry, he's being... Kept safe. Uh, he's not at all in uh, any trouble. Um, don't worry about it. Patrick, give, give a thumbs up to the camera. See, look, he's, he's doing just fine. Yeah, and make sure you uh, do subscribe on Spotify so you can get the video version of the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's a totally real thing that mm-hmm. is out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, any hoozle, this week, we aren't reading One Piece. We are doing a spoiler cast. Spoiler alert for everything up to the end of the Dressrosa arc. We are going to be discussing the Dressrosa arc, Matt and myself, talking about all the stuff that we're looking forward to because we have both read it. It's actually one of the last arcs that we have both read. Um, I have read this one and then kind of like the first part of the next one. I don't really know how that works. That's not important, though. We're going to talk about Dressrosa, is the point. So if you have not finished the arc, if you happen to be reading along with us, you're going to want to turn this off and then listen to it again in a few weeks, I guess. But the long and short of it is that Patrick is out of town. He's very busy. He's so devoted to the you guys that he actually offered to bring his microphone with him on his trip and record. And Matt and I unanimously decided, uh, no, that will not be happening. Just go on your trip. <laughs> It's true. He, he volunteered that unprompted. So you're going halfway across the country. It's really not necessary, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, so that's how much he cares about you and how much he cares about us. And the amount that we care about you is that we decided to record us saying some bullshit for a little bit. So you have something to listen to if you desperately need it. What's that, John? A, a recording with no prep needed whatsoever? Sign me up. Hell yeah. Um... Oh, also, I guess at the top of the show, I'll just mention that this month on Good Weird Great, we're doing Japanuary. So if ever there was a crossover interest between the two shows, it would definitely be this week. If you want to hear us talk about Japanese movies such as Godzilla Minus One, The Boy and the Heron, Rashomon, or Juon the Grudge, uh, you should tune in because that's what we're talking about. And without further ado, we'll talk about Dressrosa. Um, I wanted to start with the revelation. This is why I've been so excited for Patrick to figure out what Doflamingo's powers are. Uh-huh. Because of how horrific they are. Uh, <laughs> discuss. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple things that uh, I'm sure you and I are both greatly anticipating coming up. The birdcage has got to be the big one, right? He uh, envelops the entire city-state in a basically cage of razor wire that is slowly but steadily contracting all along uh, with the intention of murdering everybody inside, I think. Uh, so I can just cover all this up. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll get to that. I don't remember what exactly is, you know, the, the precipitating moment that causes him to do this in the first place, but uh, we'll find out together again. Yeah, I what I and that that's going to be part of this is talking about what we remember and what we don't. I'm yeah. glad that you have a, it sounds like you have a similar level of uh, memory <laughs> that I do, because I also don't remember the specifics of Birdcage. I do think it has something to do with, like, him not wanting Law to escape or something like that. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, there's a very specific thing that he wants from Law. Do you happen to remember what that is? 
No. So, um, and this is one of the more interesting kind of Chekhov's guns that have been introduced to the series. So, Law has the op-op fruit, and we're also hearing a little bit more about the concept of an awakened fruit, which, you know, is like the ultimate manifestation of a fruit. It gives the, the final, you know, power or whatever. We find out that the final power, the awakened version of the op-op fruit, allows its user to bestow immortality onto somebody else at the cost of their own life. And um, Doflamingo wants Law to basically kill himself to make Doflamingo immortal. Um, and how does he know that that is the ability? Is it from the Devil Fruit Encyclopedia? Because or is it- he's a fucking celestial dragon, John. I, I don't actually know. I, I, that's, that's what I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I remembered something about this. And I, I did have that question thinking back on it. Like, why? how does he know that? Um, um, <laughs> I, I will just say really quickly that, and again, this is, this is in the realm of stuff that is purely speculative, so I'm not technically spoiling anything. Um, but there is a lot of hubbub about um, one or more of the real high-up mucky mucks in the world government. Uh, from the Five Elders to a particular figure we haven't even gotten to yet. Um that may or may not be immortal as a result of the previous op-op fruit users. So, I don't know. It's a cool idea, and I'm sure it's going to come up more and more later on. Okay, yeah. That, um, yeah, that does add a new interesting dynamic, too, where, <laughs> that, like, imagine a really powerful devil fruit user that also has immortality. That's kind of uh, horrifying. Oh, yeah, they, they know what happened in the Void Century because they were alive during it. Yeah. Wow. So again, just speculation that that is not actually confirmed, but um, that's, I, I have uh, a good feeling about it. <laughs> that's that's big stuff. Uh, I'm going to run through some stuff that I remember that I'm excited for, and then maybe yeah. you can pick out things. Shoot. Uh, big obvious one. Gear 4. Luffy turns into a weird freak monster. Uh, Usopp. He is nicknamed God Usopp and awakens his sensory hockey. Um, Kairos is the gladiator and also the toy soldier. And also the Rifle King. Yeah, and also the King, which is <laughs> and a also very father, yeah. Yeah, which is a very cool reveal and I remember liking a lot. Yeah, Kairos is very cool. Um Luffy's brother Sabo is alive and gets Ace's Devil Fruit. Again, super fucking awesome. I remember loving that so much. Yeah, I think he's like I, I don't know if we've met him in the story yet or not, because I, I think he's like wearing a mask at first. Yeah, I if we have, then I totally forgot what his disguise is. So multiple people in disguise or incognito during that tournament. So I I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. Okay. So let's. I guess let's talk about this then, because yeah. Um. So the cool thing about this to me is that they have been hyping up Dragon and the revolutionaries Mm -hmm. this whole time and alluding to stuff with like Evenkov and Dragon and Uh uh, Kuma a little bit even. Mm But they really have just been in the background. The most active thing they did was in Robin's time skip story. Yeah. So just the fact that we're finally getting some meat on the bone that is the revolutionaries is so cool. And then the added dimension of Sabo is part of it. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful. W- without jumping ahead too much, one of the fun things about Sabo is that uh, he is, and I say this very affectionately for the other revolutionaries, he's the revolutionary that actually does things. Um, he actually participates in the plot and causes events to happen and is not just kind of hanging out on some island somewhere being mysterious, you know, very cool, but still mysterious. So I'm excited for this. Um, you know, when we were rereading the, the Sabo flashback back on Trash Island or whatever, 
there's that one little panel where they kind of allude to him being alive, where we're seeing the revolutionaries, and there's this like total non sequitur panel where somebody says, like, hey, are you okay? You're soaking wet. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's no detail leading into it, no follow-up whatsoever, and it's only if you know that Sabo is alive and he joins the revolutionaries that, in retrospect, it makes any sense at all. Um, But that was a fun little detail on our reread. Yeah, I also, I mean, this is not related to One Piece. This is related to Matt and I specifically. I'm going to toot our horns a little bit and say (laughs) how good a job we did at not spoiling Patrick on that. Yeah, because we like uh, even were able to talk about it a little bit and he didn't know what we were talking about. Like that was we handled that beautifully. And I'm so excited to see his reaction. I think he probably knows because he knows how One Piece like uh, maybe he doesn't know, but he's not going to be that surprised. Yeah, (laughs) I I think it'll be another. Oh, another fucking guy back from the dead. (laughs) But uh, I'm happy to see it. Yeah. Um, So cool that he gets Ace's Devil Fruit and. I remember, like, the way Oda draws that Devil Fruit ability is so cool. Yeah. It, it's yeah. fitting. It, 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 it's a really nice little full circle moment. It doesn't feel, I don't know, too transformative. It doesn't feel like something's being taken away from, like, a very iconic character um, because it, it, it's being kept in the family. Um, can we take a quick break? Okay, well, Usopp, do you want to talk about him? Yeah, I um the main thing that I remember about Usopp, other than the Tentatas, you know, idolizing him, which they're already kind of doing, is that uh, they have to deal with Sugar, who is one of the uh, Doflamingo officers and one of the more particularly unbeatable Devil Fruit users. I don't really remember why she's so unbeatable, other than she's the one turning everyone into toys, and um, the way that Oda ultimately kind of finds his way out of the box that he has put himself in without having to deal with her is having Usopp. Um, I think he like makes a bullet or a ball or something with like a horrific face on it and just scares her so badly that she passes out uh, in one of those moments where I, I think fans have a real love it or hate it. Uh, and it kind of boils down to how funny you find it. <laughs> Cause it I don't is- know, man, I find it funny, but I also find it to be quintessentially Usopp. And absolutely like it's the best thing you could have written for Usopp. Oh, yeah. No, I, I like it a lot. I think as an Usopp thing, it's perfect. I, I think some people might view it as kind of a cop out. But at the same time, like Usopp has to actually do things too. He, <laughs> you know, he's he is kind of a comic relief guy, but he, he also needs to carry his weight. And I think when he's able to be both at the same time, that is peak Usopp. Um, so I, I think that this very much fits in with that. And it's not as if he hasn't been sold as this type of character in the past. You know, his fight with Luffy is another example where his power is that he's a schemer. He's a plotter. He's a strategy guy. So thinking of it that way, I mean, okay, think about it like this. The the strategy of, oh, I have to make her, I can't knock her out physically. Uh I have to make her lose consciousness some other way. Yeah. There, yeah. I can't think of that many people who would actually consider like, oh, what if I scared her? <laughs> yeah, no, it, right. It, it's the craftiness and it's not quite a one-to-one thing, but it really reminds me of how he took out another seemingly invincible Devil Fruit user, uh, Perona, the ghost princess at Thriller Bark, um, by just being very negative and, <laughs> and, and depressed by default. Um, not quite the same thing here, but it was, again, Yusuf being this like, surprising hard counter uh to somebody that nobody else is quite able to deal with yeah and like 
also another part of the Usopp conversation is that after Dressrosa, the Straw Hats are very much uh, famous. Oh yeah. Parentheses bad. <laughs> I mean, depending on who you ask, <laughs> yeah, it depends. I bet. Yeah. I mean, they get a fleet. <laughs> but Usopp, especially, like, what is his bounty after Dressrosa? Isn't it like something crazy? So to be honest, they all get pretty crazy except for Chopper. Um, oh yeah, because he's still fifty, right? Uh, yeah, I think as of the current chapter, uh, he's still. I think he's still at fifty, which I'm assuming that'll change eventually. But uh, yeah, um, I it's think probably that, funnier if it just stays fifty forever, right? I, I'm kind of of two minds of it. I, I think that it is a funny gag, but I also feel like I don't know. We could move on from it at some point. It doesn't have to be for you know the rest of the whole thing. Um, what I don't remember right now is if Usopp's bounty is still technically for Sniper King, or if it's actually for him proper. I, I think that it might be for him proper after this. It's God Usopp. That's what it says on the okay <laughs> on the thing. Is which that's the part, and I love the picture of him. I'm actually looking mm-hmm. at it right now. Oh, he's yeah. he's just, he looks dead. He's yeah. so fucked up. He well, looks and- horrifying in the picture. <laughs> like I don't know if you saw this picture, you would and you didn't know Usopp. Uh huh. You'd be like. Fuck. Pretty scary. Looks yeah. scary. <laughs> yeah. No, I um I don't remember what it looks like offhand, but I am really excited to catch up. And they do something I really like at some point in the story too, which is that the crew like splits up. Um, because half of them just are like, okay, we gotta we're gonna go ahead to Zoe or Zoo or however you pronounce it. Um it probably is Zoo, though that also makes it kind of a dumb pun with all the animal people there. Anyway. Um, but yeah, it, that way we get, I don't know, stronger and more character moments for the people left over here. And then when we eventually do cut over, we'll, we'll get the flip side of that for everybody who left. Um, so yeah, Usopp's going to get some real time to shine because he is one of the Dressrosa crew. Yeah. I'm also, I'm looking at it now and it was 200 million after Dressrosa. Hey, our boy uh, is cleaning up pretty good. That ain't bad at all. We need to... It would be a lot of work, but I do want to do a pirate draft because I've seen people do this online <laughs> where you'll have a certain bounty. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's tough because we need we would need to compile old lists of bounties. We would need to like yeah. figure out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. And especially in a story like One Piece, like chronology matters because, you know, somebody like Luffy is probably the most extreme example. But depending on what part of the story we're talking about, it, it means something very different. Yeah, I think um honestly after Dressrosa would also be a good time to do that. So maybe we can plan that out. We'll see. I want to like get back to regularly reading this at some point <laughs> too. I know we're we're yeah. a little concerned about uh looking down at the the looming barrel of catching up, but uh I got yeah, to face the reaper at some point. There's so much shit going on too oh, yeah. that Dressrosa is such a long arc that, you know, it's a hundred chapters long. I think it is mm-hmm. worth having like a recap chapter at the end where you're like, okay, this is all the shit that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where we're are, where we are now. Um, oh, the, the other thing I wanted to say about Doflamingo's power is that it kind of like recontextualizes a lot of things that happened in the past. Sorry, mm-hmm. I just made such a hard, hard left turn. That's fine. No problem. <laughs> um, but the, the, the birdcage is scary. Yeah. First of all, but then when you learn that the way he's cutting people is like with cheese wire, essentially, mm-hmm. which sucks to think about. It, and then yeah. when he's like controlling people, he literally has strings tied tied to them. Yeah, it, it, it's really fitting for his personality, I think, because it, it, it's something that is at the same time kind of flashy and 
at the same time kind of subtle. Um, it's something that can be very precise. It can be very brutal. And yeah, we've got the whole puppeteer thing going on. Um, it's it's really neat. It, it's a really cool power that, um, I don't know, I, I think is part of what makes him such an iconic villain in the series. Also, the fact that he was introduced so long ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's crazy how long he's been with us. And, and we're really only now starting to grasp what his deal is other than the crazy Joker-fied guy. Yeah, which I don't remember a lot of that, to be honest. Uh, he's just saying things like, you know... Um, Justice is determined by the winners, you know, kids who've never known war and kids who've never known peace have completely different outlooks. Ha 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 ha, this is all very funny to me, I'm not mad, I'm actually laughing. Uh, (laughs) Just that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, Well, we have to talk about Corazon, too, because that's another thing I don't remember hardly at all. Yeah. I remember that maybe like half of this arc is either flashback or related to the flashback, like crosscut with it. Yeah. Um, Isn't it something that he cuts to and back and back to it? and Or am I misremembering? I don't remember. But yeah, I mean, Corazon is a very important presence because, you know, he, he's Doflamingo's younger brother. And he is kind of the key between, you know, what Law's relationship is to the, you know, the Doflamingo pirates. And I mean, there's just so much going on there. Yeah, he's one of these kind of classic One Piece characters of this really important sympathetic character who looms large over the present, even though they are long dead at this point. Um, I think he's got like the quiet, quiet fruit or something. Um, and he, he almost never speaks. Like, I think some people might think he's, he's actually mute. Um, he beats the shit out of law repeatedly as a child. And we find out later that it's to try to discourage law from, you know, joining the gang. He's trying to look out for him. Because he, uh, he also knows about the whole op-op thing, is that... I think so, but w- part of it, too, is that um, Corazon is a naval spy. He is um, he's a snitch for Aokiji, I want... Or, um, yeah, Aokiji. Um, wait, no, not Aokiji. Um, Sen- Sengoku. God, I, all the admiral names are off. The, 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 sea, the, the Buddha guy. The, yeah. the seabird hat dude. He is a spy working for him. And I think that Doflamingo finds out and kills him for being a traitor. Um, That's interesting. (laughs) I see. I I don't remember any of that. Like I said, I'm so excited now because that sounds so interesting. Yeah. Um, I probably didn't fully appreciate the flashback stuff as much as I should have just because, you know, I I was younger. um, First of all, (laughs) well, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if this is what you're thinking, but it can be tough sometimes because I, I think that Patrick said this at Skypea, like when you're really invested in the current thing, sometimes the flashbacks can feel like they're taking you away from the action for sometimes quite a while. Yeah. Um, I I love them because I, I think that they do really cool things with kind of recontextualizing the, the drama and the tension and the themes and all that. But uh, yeah, I mean, especially if you're caught up, sometimes you want to see what happens to the bad guy and not spend 20 chapters kind of uh, reminiscing. I, it, this sounds, this sounds good though. I, <laughs> the, the stuff, the stuff with uh Sen Goku that you talked about is particularly interesting to me because, and I am sorry, because, but I do have to talk about Naruto. Um, <laughs> just, no I mean, it's, they're two of my favorite anime. So, sure. you know. but like the first time I watched Naruto, I didn't realize who the bad guys were. <laughs> Cool. Well, I, I have heard of their name as an organization compared to some of my ever favorite uh, bad guys, but that's all I know about them in, in Naruto. Yeah. So 
it's really interesting because one of the main characters is like the leader of the village and he's kind of like this he is a sengoku type mm-hmm. he's kind of like the the past generation and he like kind of tried to inherit all the like power that he got from his predecessors and all that mm-hmm. but then he didn't really have the balls to carry through on everything so he hired some shitty dude who mm-hmm. is like you're my partner you're gonna do the bad stuff that i don't want to do right and not realizing that when he did that, what he was saying is, oh, you just get all the power. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just handing over the reins, essentially. Yeah. I'm delegating and, all of the actual stuff to you, which means you're the actual guy. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of get that vibe with uh, Sengoku now, too. Mm, it's like mm-hmm. he kind of, you know, he created this world that, that Akainu is the leader of. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, he kind of set the stage for this, and he didn't even realize it at the time. But I didn't, like I said, I didn't remember the Corazon stuff. So now I'm extra excited to reread that and be like, "Yeah, Sengoku, you fucking dumbass." <laughs> so I um I don't remember when this happens. It's possible it's been after you after the point uh, that you caught up to. But do you have any recollection of seeing Sengoku again after the time skip? I don't think so. Okay, it, it's not really a plot spoiler. He's just like retired and he shows up again, and it, it's. It's fun to see uh, what, I don't know, how, how he is, uh, you know, behaving <laughs> now that he doesn't have the big seat anymore. Yeah. Oh, man. Friggin' Smoker and Garp should have been been more ambitious, you know? <laughs> Garp was like, I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to be in charge. Like, bro, sometimes it doesn't matter what you want. <laughs> well, it's you know. It's going to be you it, or this bitch. <laughs> we, we find out some more details at some point, too, about. Like, there's a specific reason why Garp never wanted to, you know, go all the way. <laughs> and uh, I think it's something that people can definitely put together by this point. But uh, at, at some point, I, I believe it makes it explicit. I mean, I, I would assume it's just like he didn't want to have to kill Lucy, Luffy. <laughs> I almost said uh, Lucy. No, it's it's a different reason, actually. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. But. Wow. I Some more stuff I don't remember. I don't remember any, like... Of the other Straw Hats, like, what they're up to. Like, I don't remember any Frankie yeah. fights or Chopper fights. I assume they exist because every every Straw Hat gets at least one fight <laughs> in every arc, but I could but not tell you what any of them are. Again, though, we have that interesting X factor here of how, like, around half of them are, are going to leave um, at some point well before the arc is over. And I don't have a super clear recollection of who stays and who goes. Yeah, me either. I know Sanji leaves. Right. Yeah. Uh, I believe I believe he goes. I believe Nami goes. I don't really remember about anybody else. Um, but we're also getting into some stuff that is going to matter quite a bit later too. I mean, we we just learned about. I think Conjuro is the name. The uh, the uh, another guy from Wano. Yeah. That uh, Kinemon is looking for, and uh, yeah, it, it, we can't talk about it. There's just so much stuff that is going on here. There's so many moving parts to it. Do you yeah. remember the uh, the fleet, the Straw Hat fleet at the very end of all this? I mean, vaguely, like Bartolomeo basically is like a subordinate of Luffy now at this point, right? Like that's kind of the vibe. Yeah, there are like eight of them, I want to say. And um, they all have their own ships and, and they're all kind of parting ways to go off and do their own thing. Yeah, Luffy has like lieutenants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I, so I think, cool. I think they call them the Straw Hat affiliates in, uh, yeah. in this translation. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, so cool. <laughs> it's great. It's a real, like, okay, I mean, he's once again entering into bigger and bigger leagues now. Yeah, this is like in a video game when your command size goes up. Yeah. 
Um, I think another big change that happens is we find out later throughout this arc that uh, Fujitora despises the Seven Warlords system. And uh, I, I think partially based on his experiences here, he ends up taking a really strong uh, advocacy position on saying that that system should be abolished. Um, I don't remember if anything happens beyond that within the scope of this arc or not, but uh, it's a really interesting touch point that we're, we're hitting on to. Oh, we also find out in this arc that uh, Buggy is a warlord, right? Uh, he, I think that we may have just found that out. Yeah, I, I think that uh, that was a couple chapters ago, maybe. They were doing like an accounting of who all the current warlords are. And yeah, they... Oh, and they, like, we didn't... We t- we missed it? Like, we talked about it, or we didn't talk about it in the podcast? We might have. I don't know. Because um, that's ringing a, a I would have remembered if we would have brought that up. Well, but So it, I guess I missed it. It'll come up again. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> if, if we did miss it, it will come up again, and we'll be able to talk about it properly then. But yeah, our our boy Buggy is uh, he's played his cards pretty well, I guess. He, he's really made Dude. something out of his Marineford reputation. I love that Buggy came out of Marineford, which it's uh-huh. a miracle that he survived. Oh yeah, and he came out of it looking okay, and John- he and he went. I can be the King of Pirates. Everyone else is talking about being the King of Pirates. I can fucking do it. And I love that for him. I love that energy of just being like, yeah, yeah, your your dream, that's actually my dream too. Fuck you. <laughs> John, you're really going to enjoy some of the buggy stuff coming uh, coming up later on. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I, I have been excited since I learned that fact that Buggy yeah. was still doing shit. Oh, yeah. And of course he's still doing shit. He's always <laughs> around. The fact that he was at Impel Down, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's beautiful. There's a uh, a pretty popular sentiment among some fans that I've seen on the internet that uh, Buggy's actually going to be the person who actually becomes the King of Pirates at the end of all this. I, I could see that, like, Luffy finds the One Piece, mm-hmm. but then Buggy somehow takes credit for it or yeah. something. And <laughs> Yeah, that would be amazing. I, I, I love that Buggy's still around and doing shit. Oh, and absolutely. I, I, I do remember liking the Fujitora stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all the just tragic stuff about what happens to dress Rosa mm-hmm. is very blurry to me because this was a while ago, but I do remember it being horrible and sucking and feeling really bad for Rebecca. Yeah. Um, I really like Rebecca. I, I remember having kind of mixed feelings about, because to me it was really, you know, we've, we've had a number of princesses, uh, at, at this point, like a, a good classic fantasy story so often does, but uh, I thought it was really cool that she's like a gladiator princess. She fights. Um, I remember being kind of bummed out that at the very end of this, she's like, I'm going to be a conventional princess now and I'm not going to fight anyone anymore. Or even like really just spar. Um, but maybe she earned that though, you know? Yeah, no, for, and, and that was kind of the flip side is she seems like a very reluctant fighter. And um, yeah, I, I think that's probably the idea. She is, gotten to the successful, you know, the happy ending life of where she doesn't have to swing a sword around, even if she never tried to actually hurt anybody with it. Um, <laughs> sorry to jump around so much, but Bartolomeo, okay. we, we find out that he's a straw, like a straw, straw hat fanboy. Oh basically, he's a, he's a nerd for the straw hats and we kind of alluded to it, but he's part of the straw hat fleet now. And yeah. You know, we kind of talked about uh, One Piece Red. We don't necessarily have to, like, spoil that now, but Bartolomeo is is also around. Like, he he's falling into the buggy ca- uh, category of, like, don't worry about it. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> well, he's such an interesting character because, yeah, he, he's a super fan. And one of my favorite things in, like, these, these kind of, like, epic fantasy stories is 
to me, I always feel like, you know, at a certain point, the, the heroes should become famous within that world. And part of that means they should have fans. And um, Bartolomeo is, is very much that for the Straw Hats and, and Luffy especially. And I know it's interesting because it kind of feels like Oda almost not necessarily making commentary about fandom, but uh, I know he's an interesting guy because he walks a fine line of being like obsessive and kind of intense about how much he loves these guys um, while still also, I don't know, being helpful, being like a good friend and comrade to them. He just wants to help them out so badly because he thinks they're so cool. And I think that that's kind of parallel to what a lot of the readers would feel like if, if they've gotten to this point in the story. It's like, yeah, I, I would love to help out the Straw Hats if I could. So, yeah, I, I sympathize with this weird, um, gigantically like fanged, um, mohawked guy that, I don't know, his entire bit is making everybody hate him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... That's kind of interesting. It's almost like Bartolomeo is the audience insert. He's the OC. Mm -hmm. He's like a character that a little boy would imagine to exist in the One Piece universe that would eventually meet Luffy and become his friend, you know? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's a very, like, I don't know, fifth, sixth grader uh, boy, like, like design. It's just, like, wildly colorful and weird. And <laughs> you can imagine yeah. scrawled on a piece of notebook paper. Which, listen, I think it's cool, too. So am I like a fifth grade boy? Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. But hey, listen. I, you want to keep a, at least a little bit of your heart around that age, I think. <laughs> not too much, yeah. not too little. But I really like that aspect of him, too, because it's such a an aggressive like left turn from the way that he's introduced um, because really like none of his other qualities directly tie into the idea that he's a fan at all. It's not like the fake Luffy crew at Sabauti where, Oh, here's a guy wearing like a straw hat and he's wearing the red vest. He's, he's not trying to do that at all. He's not like visually indicating that he's a fan. He, he's doing his own thing. Um, it's just, then he gets to meet his idol and you know, like, like a up and coming musician meeting, the rock star that's that inspired him they get to do a couple jam sessions together um wow what a cool show i'm getting Hell so yeah. excited i can't i mean <laughs> dress rosa is awesome but obviously this whole time i'm just looking forward to the new stuff for me <laughs> oh yeah I, I am really stoked for us to get to that point um especially because the the arc right after whatever point you got to is probably my favorite of um the new world stuff at least so far i can't wait um okay we have to talk about gear four luffy <laughs> so i didn't remember that this is where that gets introduced but i do Dude. have a clear memory of okay gear four yeah we're kind of playing fast and loose so do you want to like watch a uh dress rosa compilation with some gear four luffy right now uh if you want sure <laughs> let's let's see if there's anything good we can keep talking while i look it up but uh okay I mean, describe to the audience what you think Gear 4 Luffy looks like. Uh, he gets like a raccoon face and his chest becomes like 85% of his body mass and he gets <laughs> giant gorilla arms and tiny little legs and uh, the arms are gigantic and black because they're covered in hockey and he just sort of scowls and hops around on his little legs and just beats the shit out of everything around him. Um... So I think that there might be some kind of like a monkey illusion going on. Uh, Luffy, like Goku, like so many other characters, is very much inspired by 
the Monkey King um, from Journey to the West. That's, I think, why he's called Monkey D. Luffy. And yeah, I, I think that Gear 4 is him at his most, uh, most ape-like. He... <laughs> I'm glad that you said his chest is 90% of his uh, body mass. Mm-hmm. That was very accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my favorite part of it, is that he just has like a big-ass chest and a big back <laughs> yeah and he has these like giant bullet arms that he just flings uh-huh. around it's uh it's scary uh oh yeah it is extremely scary yeah the um gear gear 2 doesn't really look like anything other than him steaming which is you know cool but then gear 3 just kind of looks inherently silly this is still a little ridiculous but i, I think it is the first gear that is uh overtly intimidating to see uh, like if Luffy turned into that in front of me, I would not want to, uh, I wouldn't want to mess with him. And yeah, I, I don't remember the context, but I, I remember him hopping on those little legs a lot. I don't remember if that's like an inherent part of the power or just something he does at some point. But, uh, um, I do remember the context weirdly. Um, it's funny what sticks with him, <laughs> you know, it's so cool because the first time he does it, I mean, I, Ooh, it's when, uh, Do Flamingo, I think he like kills or tries to kill uh, Bellamy mm, mm-hmm. because Luffy basically likes Bellamy at this point, I think, and is yeah. like, he's your comrade. Why would you like kill him? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that nothing pisses Luffy off more than that. Um, yeah. Somebody being a bad captain is a real red line for him. Yeah. And then he just I'm pretty sure what he does is like a double kick like both feet kick right to doflamingo's face <laughs> and he like blasts him into a crater like this is this is at like superman levels of destruction like they are destroying yeah. buildings and shit <laughs> oh you're just shredding yeah the, the half of downtown or whatever yeah i'm trying to find like a cool video can't really find one that's fine yeah it, it, hey if it doesn't work out no worries because I, I will I, just say to the listener if you look on youtube it does exist somewhere i i know Make sure you type four and not any numbers that might come after four. Oh, <laughs> not, not saying yeah. anything, but you know, just in case. <laughs> also, if you include dress Rosa in the search, that will probably ensure that it's not like a later thing. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of other big things that are really leaping out at me. I remember treble being tough, even though he's really disgusting. I remember the underground toy factory. Um, but yeah, a lot of the big uh, the big moments in this, I, I just don't remember that well yet. Oh, uh, here's another one for Law. We find out that uh, he's another D. Oh, that's right. Trafalgar D. Law. And, and he is the first person we've met that we know of who has had the sense to not share that with every single person he meets. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I, I might actually have you watch this one with me. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> I found one. Um, sorry, I'm, I keep fixating on the Gear Four thing, but <laughs> it's fine. It's an audio medium, so this will I, be perfect. <laughs> the reason I wanted to share this video with you is because the first comment is a guy saying, "I feel so bad for people who don't see how cool this form is. Everybody okay. thinks it's lame, but the reference it's making is really cool." <laughs> what does he say? The, the myth- uh, mythological influences. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Drop a link. Let's. So, yeah, um, just for uh, any listeners who want to try to dig this up on their own, this is a Luffy Gear 4 Bound Man, that's one word, transformation, uh, uploaded by a YouTube 
account called Red. Just the word Red. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, give me a three, two, one. Three and a two and a one. Well, I fucked it up. Okay, well, I'm watching. <laughs> okay, we got the birdcage, tossing off the sandals. Okay, they did like a, they scaled this up to 60 FPS, which is messing with me a little, but that's okay. He's biting his arm and blowing into it furiously. Yeah. And making so a huge arm. <laughs> very, you know, gear three kind of overtones, but he's infusing with hockey. But then we see he's really just inflating his entire body, or at least the upper half of it. He blows it into his arm, and then he, like, pulls it into the rest of his body from his arm. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, flame makeup. Yeah, the, that comment about how this is a Kabuki uh, inspirations, that, that definitely seems to be coming through. His body is big and black and red. Oh, okay, yeah, they're, and they're, they're playing the kind of Kabuki theatrical, uh, I don't know, leitmotif. He has kind of, like, tattoos on him, almost, from the hockey, too. Yeah, yeah, they kind of flame patterns. And he, <laughs> again, yeah. huge chest, huge abs. He's just like super jacked, but mostly in his core. Mm -hmm. It is um, funny. I, I do appreciate this person talking about how badass it is, because it is, but also it's One Piece, man. It's always going to be a little bit silly. It's okay. That's part of why it's good. <laughs> exactly. That is part of why it's good. And I guess we can move on from that at that point. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on? I gotta say, um, I, most of the other things I can think of right now, I either don't remember them that well, or it's getting into uh, further arc stuff. So I'm, I'm trying to be too careful uh, on that one. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that we've probably hit all the big points that we can both remember, I guess. Yeah. And the thing is, there's probably stuff we didn't talk about because neither of us remembered it. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. It's, that's exciting. Well, hell yeah, brother. Uh, oh, yeah, we're not going to rate this because we didn't actually read it. Is no. that fair? Yeah, yeah. I When I first read Dressrosa, I really liked it. And then I thought about it a little bit more. And I, I think I might have liked it a little bit less uh, on review. But uh, so I don't I don't know how I'm going to feel about it when it's all said and done. Um, I'm really excited to go through all of it, though, and, and find out. All right. Well, since we're not rating, we'll just say, yeah, listen to Good Weird Great or email this show at devilfruitpunch at gmail.com. And that's about it, honestly. We have a link tree, but like the link tree just goes to all the different places the podcast is. So I guess if you're trying to find it on a specific platform, you can use the link tree. I don't know. Feel free to listen to us on as many devices at once. Uh, I'm sure that'll be good for us somehow. Just, there you, you know, go. Get like 100 phones lined up and just, you know, one after another. Let's start gooning to uh, Devil Fruit Punch. We can probably cut that out but anyway <laughs> nope you said it it's staying I did in say it yep and until next time when you're lost in the new world say goodbye to the old one good job <laughs>